And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of The Social Proof Podcast. As always, joined by The Glow Girl. Glow Getter, Dacia Ruth, what's going on? We in the building. Every, you know, I hesitated. Nah, it's cool. <laughs> I think we can say that because I say it. I, I say it more often than I thought. Because how do you, how do you express like someone's here? You got to say in the building. In the building. We, Is there another we way out, to say it? We see. Well, you can say we out here. We out. We here. We yeah. We gotta like we no, need to be cooler. Out, I, think. Out here, I think we're yeah, like I don't know. We be, yeah, okay, that's. But, <laughs> but I acknowledge my 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 youth and my wisdom. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So we got a lot going on. We have a special guest in the studio. Before before we get to that though, um, give me some background on how you met our special guest. I see, and you can do the intro. Okay, this is amazing. So, um, I actually was at a phenomenal conference in Little Rock, Arkansas, this past weekend um, in September. And um, it was the last weekend of August. And I was speaking to a group of ladies at the table at a VIP luncheon for Accelerate 180 with King Ashley Ann. Shout out to King Ashley Ann. Thank you so much for providing that amazing platform in Little Rock. And while there at the VIP luncheon, I actually um, was just saying hi to unfamiliar faces because I, I always make sure that I speak to people. That's something that I value. And I ended up passing and I was like, oh, wait, I was rude. I didn't. I spoke to everybody at the table except for this person. So let me make sure I acknowledge them. And then doing that, I um, ran past Dr. Frantonia. Mm-hmm. She's going to tell us about herself in a second. But um, and then I said, hey, you know, and, and I was just I was just really trying to say hello and I was going to keep it moving. And um, so I said, well, tell me about yourself, because she was inviting as well. So it was like energy matched energy, uh, vibe matched vibe. And we were just pleasant with each other. And she was welcoming and inviting. So the conversation ensued and it became, um, tell me a little bit more about what you do. Who you, who do you serve? How do you support them? And when she started uncovering all these amazing things that she does, I was like, oh, my God, you're phenomenal. I'm so glad I said hello. <laughs> and it really just started off with a hello. And so from that conversation, I said, well, why don't you just come on? Um, and then she shared that she was going to be in Atlanta the following week. She doesn't even nice. live here. So I was like, oh, this is great timing. Come on to the show and let's <laughs> talk some more. Um, and the content that she um, has specialized in with her doctorate uh, was right in alignment with something that we, you and I have been talking about. So I'm really excited for you to come on the show and I want you to introduce yourself. Um, but she's phenomenal. She's had a background in metaphysics. Uh, has a doctorate, and she she coins herself as the coach to the coaches. So, um, Dr. Frantonia, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what you've been up to these days. Well, first of all, I want to thank you all, both of you, David and Dacia, for um, inviting me into your space. Um, I never take for granted that when somebody is inviting me into their into their professional platform that it is um, that they are extending a bit of trust that I'm going to be in alignment with their brand and in alignment with their message. Um, and like Dacia said, it was energy meets energy, uh, like attracts like. I totally believe that. Um, there were so many nuggets, even in her brief introduction. We'll get into that um, uh, a little bit later. But my name is Dr. Frantonia. For those of you who do not know me, um, I am at Dr. Frantonia on all social media platforms. And as Dacia said, I have a doctorate in metaphysical psychology. And so I always get this look. What exactly is that? So it's the easy way to explain it is I work with high achieving, um, primarily high achieving women. And I always say a couple of really amazing men 
um, primarily in the leadership and coaching space. Mm-hmm. I help them to uncover the thing behind the thing that keeps them from getting to their next level of success. And usually, so metaphysics literally means um, beyond the physical, behind the physical, underneath the physical, um, beyond the thing that we can see or that we are consciously aware of. Um, and sometimes that can be things that they would have never thought of that will help, will keep very successful people from getting to their very next level. And so, yes, I coin myself the coach to the coaches. I am um, one of the other areas that I focus on is is feminine leadership, really helping women to move beyond the limitations of the narrative of being a woman in this world um, as it relates to success. So I work with high-achieving people to help them get to that next level. So why do you choose to work with women? Because women are the first teachers. I agree. Because women are the first teachers. And the reality is when women heal, they heal everyone around them. They heal the children. So if we again, if we're talking about metaphysics, the consciousness, the mindset, the way we think, when women heal the way they think, the way they see themselves and embody themselves in the world, they will then teach that to the next generation. Then they'll teach that to their lover, their husband, their mate. They teach that to everyone who is around them. So that's why my primary focus is women. You know what I think, though? Um, there are, I think women are different uh, nowadays than um, even before I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously on TV, you couldn't show so much clothing and things of that nature uh, or show much so much skin. But now you can only show that much skin if you really want ratings, right? So mm-hmm. what, what do you think happened? to where people are so free, especially on social media, where it's like, I'm going to show you me twerking for no other reason but for you to look <laughs> at my body. Like, what happened? What what happened with women? And, and pre- predominantly black women, not saying that other Ooh, races don't you twerk. you have that conversation. <laughs> but, like, we, we invented twerk, right? So, like, what do you think happened? Because I see it sometimes, and I'm like, yo, where is her mind? Why? why? You know what I mean? Supply always follows demand. Hmm. Supply always follows demand. Simple. So with that as the foundation for the answer to your question, hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Hip-hop happened. I'm a little bit older than both of you, so I remember N.W.A. I remember uh, Uncle Luke. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. And so that created a uh, demand for a particular thing that then changed the narrative, the value narrative for black women. Hmm. It changed what we see as valuable. Right? If... If pop culture is saying that in order to be valuable, you've got to do this. And the way that we measured value at the time, you get, you know, we didn't have social media then. So it was um, MTV. If MTV rubber stamped it and put us on television and that's the place where you saw a lot of black women Mm -hmm. and they were being celebrated for their assets. Mm -hmm. Supply follows demand. That's what happened. Wow. So we have to reverse it by... I mean, we'd have to make being dressed and covered cool. And I think some people tried to, you know, attempt to do it and they speak out and say, you know what, um, you're beautiful covered up. But like, what do you think has to happen to reverse that mindset? The same thing I just said, supply and demand, right? So if the supply of uncovered women or um, hypersexuality is in demand and it is rewarded, Mm -hmm. it's going to continue to follow that route. Right. And so if I say hip hop started it, who dominated hip hop during that period of time is black men for sure. that dominated hip hop. 
Um, it's interesting when I said, oh, we're going to have that conversation. So anytime I'm on a, a panel that's specific to African-Americans and African-American culture, African-American relationships, we talk about that because the conversation always starts at the effect. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm a metaphysician. I'm always going to go back to let's look at the cause, the root. What were the roots that were planted that created this drastic shift? Right. right? And the roots that were planted were an industry that was created by folks who didn't look like us, mm-hmm. who made millionaires out of black men. Was the industry created by, bring, bring me back, bring me back, an industry that was created by. It wasn't created by us. Explain that. Come on, talk Our to art me. was used. So I recently watched, um, I recently watched this documentary on uh, Netflix called 20 Feet from Gold. Mm-hmm. Right? From about, gold. It's about all the backup singers. The amazing backup singers who have made huge artists like the Rolling Stones and Luther Vandross and, you know, all those people very famous. Their music wouldn't be what it is without the backup singers. And primarily those backup singers were African-American women. Mm -hmm. Right. Names we would never hear of. But if we hear their voice, we go, oh, my God, Mm -hmm. I used to sing. I used to sing along to the backgrounds, Mm -hmm. the backup singer. Right. Mm -hmm. And so one in particular, one of one of those producers, Phil Spector, became very famous using Darlene Love's voice. But putting a, a, a white woman on the cover of the album. Mm. So the, the song was released as if it was, I don't know, Becky sure, Brown, sure. Right? Right, 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 right? And that was popular but during that time. It was popular during that time. So when I say we didn't own the industry, that's what I mean. We didn't own the industry. Our art was used to promote an industry that created billionaires that didn't look like us, but at the same time created millionaires out of black men as long as they sang or rap the most degrading lyrics about mm. black women, about violence, about drugs. And so we have to look Ooh. at the cause, like where did it come from? This new, this new, this new supply yeah. came from a demand that was created, created from an industry wow. that, and, it, and it's so, it's so convoluted because the industry say the industry created millionaires. So on one hand, we're like, okay, it created money. It created a, a culture, mm-hmm. but what did it cost us? Right. What did it cost us? Mm, that's that's heavy. That's heavy. That's deep. That's heavy. So if you were, if you, like being a strategist, let's just say, for instance, you were going to put a plan together to get our black women covered up, to get them to stop showing their bodies and shaking um, maybe the least valuable thing on a black woman, right? Um, what would be your plan of attack? So let me say a couple of things. Um I do not hold any judgment around women, their bodies, their sexual expression, any of that. That's the first I was going to say, because I know I've I watched a few of your interviews mm-hmm. that you have floating around YouTube. And I wanted to first take a step back and be not be presumptuous to assume that that's your stance. Is that your stance? And where do you fit in the spectrum of ex- expressing your individuality and dress for women. What what is your perspective on that? Are you on the side of let's be covered up because you you did express some you want to express some sexual freedom or you know a freedom in your sexuality and your identity. So mm-hmm. talk to me a little so bit. So let about me that. say this: I think that sexual shaming of any of any sort has deep metaphysical, deep deep implications, and I think that in our culture, particularly. Um, African-American culture, that that has been used as a tool that keeps black women and even black men. Um, God, I wish I could think of his name, last name, Hosea, actor, just came out and said he was molested mm-hmm. as a child, mm-hmm. right, by right. his by his one of his friend's fathers. Mm-hmm. But 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 the ways that we 
um, attempt to police sexual expression, sexuality, sexual conversation, sexual education Mm -hmm. in our community creates so many um, areas of vulnerability that leave us even more susceptible to abuse and misuse. Mm -hmm. So I don't police that in any way. Here's Here's my hardcore stance. Consenting adults and no one's being hurt. That's my hardcore stance. Now, if we're talking about, um, you know, from the perspective of, from the perspective of, you know, um, how we how we're bringing up our young girls and saying, you know, how we create role models, because a lot of what is on social media now becomes um, one of the few places where a lot of young girls get their own their only education. So I'm gonna expand that and young boys. Mm And so when you ask that question, to me, it's such a loaded question when we only show up asking that question from a singular gender perspective. Mm-hmm. How do we get the girls to cover up? Well, not even cover up, but so, okay, so I, I, I say it from a perspective of a father who mm-hmm. has a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, if I turn on a video, I don't see your face or anything like that. You're just shaking your butt, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know you know, what the reason is for it, but I have also have a... Um, Shouts out to the hippie heathen. She does yoga. It's a very, very like sexual thing, but it's an expression. It's like more of like art. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But she's a brilliant girl. Mm-hmm. So I would, so for, and maybe it, it would be sexual shaming, but if my daughter was on social media twerking, just showing her butt, I'd be furious. Mm-hmm. So I would probably sexually shame my daughter. Like, I don't know. You, so you don't want. I was going to say her name. I don't know if you're trying to not say her name on, on the no, podcast. Yeah. Oh, Corey. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. She, so, this, Corey. so like, Corey, you don't want Corey shaking it up on Instagram. You don't want her, you know, scantily clad. You don't want her with like little to no clothing on, on Instagram. However, um, where, where do you feel like if she was into yoga, if she followed that path, would you be comfortable with that? If she was doing yoga poses, because I think what you're alluding to is that yoga instructors typically will show, um, they have to f- wear tight fitting clothing so then it, they can it, then sh- you can see the positions better. Right. So if they're doing, you know, downward dog where you can see their body shape and type right. is that. I'm, I'm cool. With that. I think that's an expression of art. But just from a man's a, a, maybe because I know when I see that what I think about the woman. So, you know what men think about correct, the women. Correct. Right. So why is this conversation not one that's being had with men? And I think yeah. about 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 men projecting their ideals, whether they be judgmental, negative judgmental ideal ideals onto women and women's bodies mm-hmm. so that it can, so that, like I said, it can be a balanced conversation. The right. demand, the supply would not exist without the, de- the demand for sure. in any arena. For so sure. do you think, David, then let's switch it to you then. Do you think as the man, do you think the demand is changing or going to change or is, or, or, or men are always going to be seeking that stimulation visually from women. Oh yeah, I think we'll always be seeking it if because I mean that's what most men value. Right, and so here's the thing: why don't we have healthy conversations about what uh, conversations about what healthy attraction, health, healthy sexual expression? Mm-hmm. Even with our, I have a 31 year old daughter, right? And so based on my background and my story, I knew that I could not sexually shame my daughter. I couldn't. I had to have real open, honest conversations with her. I had to teach her the value of her own body, not through the lens of somebody's judgment, right. but through from the perspective of what was going to make her feel whole and complete as a woman, mm. not being judged through the lens of other people. Mm-hmm. Sexu- 
we really, so one of the core things that shows up as a through line in the majority of my coaching with high achieving women that reach a block, can't figure out how to get past it, is something around sexual expression. It is that, what I call that root chakra, Mm -hmm. right? I work the energy systems. It is that root chakra. It is the collective conversation that somebody had either with them directly Mm -hmm. or something they picked up in the social narratives that we get that caused them to feel less than, belittled, shamed, demeaned, unworthy around their sexual energy. Sexual energy is is creative energy. Mm-hmm. It's life force energy. So if you've read Think and Grow Rich, there's a whole chapter on sexual transmutation. Yep, yep, right? If you yep. do any study on metaphysics and the real use of our energy, there's always something there about the transmutation or the use of sexual energy. It is just life force energy. We as a culture, interestingly enough, in the West, most hypersexualized culture there is, mm-hmm. but we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it in healthy ways. And so the minute we hear the word sex, sexual, sexual expression, sexuality, guilt, shame, guilt, embarrassment, judgment, all that shows up with just that word. We've loaded it so much that we won't have healthy, honest conversations. So with my daughter, I always had age appropriate conversations with her. I'll never forget back in the days when Soul Train was still on. <laughs> I love how you keep trying to date yourself. Right, right, right. Well, I do that because I, I I am so proud of my age. Mm-hmm. I just turned 51 last month. There was a time when I didn't think Happy I would birthday. be 51. Happy Thank birthday. you. And so I, I honor my age. I honor Absolutely. This and we're going to get into yeah, that in a second. I want to circle back to that mm-hmm. conversation in a little bit. But tell me about your daughter's so conversation. I remember, I remember Soul Train was on one 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 morning one Saturday morning my daughter might have been six or seven years old and she's like you know looking at the girl and she had it was a you know the Asian with the long hair and Mm -hmm. these shorts Mm -hmm. and like there was a lot exposed Mm -hmm. and my daughter said um mommy do you like that outfit do you like what she has on and I just looked at her and I said it's cute but let me ask you a question do you think you would ever see your mother wear that and she said no probably not I said it's cute but each person has to decide what is appropriate for them. Mm-hmm. And at six or seven, she's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, so that's the, that's the stance I take on it. And particularly when we begin to have that conversation and we separate the genders in the conversation. Mm-hmm. I want us to not separate the genders. I want us to see how, how, um, how, how men are wired to be drawn and attracted to the physical presentation, mm-hmm. we look at that anywhere in nature, mm-hmm. right? The peacock, peacocks, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. We look at that anywhere in nature, and it's honored in nature. It's part of the mating ritual. I want us to get to the point where we can have that conversation without it being any kind of any kind of judgment or disdain or belittlement or any of that. I want I want couples, individual couples, to get to the point where they're honest enough. God, this could go so many places. Keep, come on, come think, on with it. I think that I think that a lot of um, infidelity mm-hmm. in relationships comes from the comes from the fact that a lot of married couples cannot be honest about what their sexual desires are. Mm-hmm. They're not being on, why because somewhere in their formative years they were taught that what they want, what they desire. Is bad or negative. So men are taught to get the good girl, the the lady in this in the streets, and the freak in the sheets. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, if something like the Madonna whore complex shows up, they can't be one and the same. Mm-hmm. So you got the lady at home, and you go out to get the thing that you really desire because you're ashamed to let her know that that's not really that, what you want. Yeah. 
I feel that. And I, I do want to be clear, too. I do clown shaming, too. If my son was... <laughs> Was like, yo, if, yo, I th- if my son was Good like job, showing David. his money and like look at all the weed I smoke on, like I'm like you're a clown and I clown shame my son. Let's balance so. it out. Let's balance it <laughs> Absolutely. out. Absolutely, it's not one side. Absolutely. So, um, so all right, no, re- really good conversation. And and before the interview, you said something about um, you do hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapy. Oh, mm-hmm. I need to know something about that. What is that? Um, because I never thought it was real. So it's real. So it's, it's so interesting. I live in Vegas and I was talking to somebody about this the other day. They were like, you mean the one where you snap your finger and people give you their money? I'm like, no, that's no. So hip, hypnotherapy or induction, it's um, it's a scientific way of tapping into the subconscious mind so that we can get to what is really driving the car, if you will. Right. Right. We can consciously um, be aware of our um, our limit. Let's say we're talking about reaching a, a goal. So I can be consciously aware of my limitations on why I haven't hit a particular goal and do all the work I know to do on the con- the thing that I'm consciously aware of. Well, rarely, if ever, is it the thing that we're consciously aware of that keeps mm. us from getting to the next level. It's mm. the thing you're not aware of that has anything to do with why you haven't reached that next level. Um, so I let's say, for example, if I go back to you know a portion of the conversation we just had. I've learned that in all the years of doing this, that the woman who lacks the confidence to ask for what she wants in the bedroom will rarely ask for the pay she deserves in the boardroom. For sure. Why? Because it's tied to the same energy system, which is tied to the same unconscious wound. That unconscious wound could be you grew up with people telling you you're pushy and you're bossy. You talk too much. You know what I'm studying? The disc assessment. Ah. I'm really studying that's, the disc. That's, that's definitely going to help you. Along the lines of that's what you're saying, you. right? Some people are just wired a certain way. Like, they're just or not are they? driving. So, why, wired, yes, through your family of origin, your culture of mm-hmm. origin, the narrative that has been presented to you. Doesn't mean you can't rewire it. For so, sure. a book that I would recommend, I, I'm an avid reader. Um, a book that I would recommend was would be Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm. He's an expert in, in neuroscience. Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, Dr. Joe Dispenza. And so this really talks about how to rewire your brain, how to literally create new neural pathways in the brain. We talk about that from the um, perspective of creating a new habit or um, if you drive the same way to work every day, it creates a neural pathway in the brain. So for 30 days, take an alternate route Mm -hmm. and it'll create a new neural pathway. I'll share, I'll share something. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, I was in Chicago and I had moved from, I was living with my mom and then I moved to my own apartment and one night it was a late night and I was tired and it had been maybe about two or three months since I had moved and I I somehow got into autopilot, autopilot and then I drove to my mom's house instead of to my apartment. And I didn't realize it until I pulled up to her house. And I was like, and it was, I was so exhausted. And I was like, I'm not at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just that yep. it, it was a physical representation, a reminder that we can train our brains into autopilot where we're not even conscious of what is going so on. So that is what I mean when I talk about that unconscious brain, that unconscious thing that is driving you, right? Mm-hmm. So so, so think about how that relates to any other area of your life. Success, somebody say set a new goal, the way you've trained your brain to think about reaching a goal or um, breaking through a limitation or reaching an, an, a new plateau is going to be it's going to be controlled by the old 
paradigm until you consciously, intentionally rewire or retrain your brain. So tell, walk us through, I know you can't give us all of your juice, right? Mm-hmm. You can't give us all the sauce mm-hmm. because that's why they need, to, they need to come to you for coaching. But for the entrepreneurs or for people, whoever's listening to this, the entrepreneurs or the people who are just parents and they're trying to figure out um, individuals trying to be their best selves, what do you do to get to that next level um, or to break the thing that you're not even conscious that exists behind, that's playing in your subconscious. Mm-hmm. Gosh, if I get, so the first thing would be, um, I was saying this to David earlier, tell the truth about where you really are. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you're here and you're wanting to, there's something in you, whether it's conscious that says, I want to get to the next level and you know what that next level is. So let's say for example, you're a brand new entrepreneur. Um, so let's say you're an entrepreneur, you've been in, been in the game two or three years mm-hmm. and you're ready to hit the six figure mark. But the most you've ever done is 50,000. The thing that got you to the 50,000 won't get you to the 100,000. You've got to figure out what is in the way of it. Tell the truth about where you are in every area of your life. Um, what I believe is, my grandfather taught me this, how you do one thing is how you do all things, mm. right? How you do one thing is how you do all things. Where is there an area in your life where you, you are not showing up 100%? And how is that being mirrored back to you in what's showing up in your bank account and your business, mm. right? So be honest and tell the truth about where you are right now, how you're showing up right now, who you need to release mm. right now. I say a whole lot of us can't level up mm. because of what we won't let go of. Mm-hmm. Right. What are you willing to give up to go up? What mindset, what habit, what belief, what practice are you willing to let go of? So identify where you are right now. Tell the truth. Get really clear on what you need to release. Create the void so that the success that you want will fill that void. Mm-hmm. Right. Hire a coach. Hire a coach. The reason I say hire a coach is you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you don't know. And the same mind that created your current situation can't get you out of your current situation. You need a fresh set of eyes on that situation to be able to see what you don't see, to see the areas that you are maybe um, so comfortable with that you don't even recognize that it's that it is a hindrance um, to where you want to go. And one of the most powerful things I say is embrace these three words. I don't know. I don't know is one of the most powerful places you could ever be because it creates that blank slate. You remove all of the, I know that, I know how to do that, I've been doing that, I've already done that, Mm -hmm. I already know that. You remove all of that and create a blank slate so that what you don't know, you can learn. You you get an opportunity to welcome that in and learn it. Mm -hmm. So those would be just off the top of my head. Like really key things to do. So if we're going to dig into uh, what we need to release and what we need to let go, uh, what we need to keep. So Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, in my experience, they always have a whole bunch of things going on in their head, right? There's some, and in, in, in their head, they figure how all five of these things are going to take them to the destination when possibly yes, but not right now. Mm-hmm. So how do we identify what to let go and what to keep? Mm. It's so funny. I just thought about this the other day. Somebody wrote on my, in my Instagram comments, I put up a, um, a text, like a, a, um, a pick a meme with words and they put in the comments they were like dr Frantoni, i could so hear your voice saying it right now so here's what they would hear me saying to that question <laughs> mm-hmm. busyness ain't business yeah. mm. busyness ain't business we think loading our plate with so many things is business because i'm busy i'm going i'm going i'm going i'm doing so much every single day but business and here's the other thing any business any business, real business, even the IRS is going to look at it. You're, you must have an intention of, of creating a profit. So any 
business mm-hmm. that is not generating money ain't a business. It's a hobby. Gotcha. Right? But there, there are entrepreneurs like myself um, years ago where I had these little trickles of income coming. It's a whole bunch of things. And I can make a little bit of money off of each of them. So which one do I let go? So here is uh, here is my philosophy on brand new entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I have a belief that, and because I primarily work with women, I say this. I believe that there isn't a woman on the planet, especially a black woman on the planet, that does not have an existing talent, skill, or ability that with a proper training, strategy, and technology behind her could not become a six-figure business. Sure. I believe that to the core of my being. 100%. So when I say an existing Let's talent, go. skill, or ability... <laughs> I have a client that knits and what she does, she has a membership online where she teaches people a new stitch. She can take a picture of you, picture of you right now with that hat to the back and your t-shirt and recreate it in a knitted doll, mm. a, a personal doll mm. that she's selling anywhere from $200 to $500, depending on how intricate the doll is. That is an exist. She have to go out and learn how to do anything. Mm-hmm. Mm. We can hire people to set up the YouTube channel and people to come and do, I can give her a, a, a stand and she can put it up and, and record her, doing this stitch. We set up the portal where people pay her $9.95 a month to come and learn this stitch. Mm. Her merch is she sells the pattern. So you can buy the pattern, you download the PDF. You, you follow what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So it is find the low-hanging fruit. What do you already know how to do? And for those of you who are still working a job, here's my belief because I've been in the corporate space. If they're paying you $70,000 a year, it's probably worth $150,000 a year. Right. So take the talent, skill and ability that you have on your job. I'm never the one to tell people to leave your job to pursue entrepreneurship in one fell swoop. Work your job while you build your business. But take the pressure off yourself in not trying to learn something new. Take what you already know. If you on your job, you're working the hell out of Microsoft, the Microsoft suite. Figure out how to use that to help other people Mm -hmm. in your own endeavor. That would be the low hanging fruit. And once you've built that. And it's bringing in a substantial income. Then you grow the next thing. Mm-hmm. What we see today with people trying to juggle those five balls, I call that the Oprah effect. But we forget. I'm old enough to remember. When Oprah first started, Oprah had a small segment on a morning TV show mm-hmm. that honestly at the time she hated. And she didn't wake up with the show. And she didn't with, wake with up with the whole the show. crew right, behind right, her. She right. didn't wake up with all of the things. She didn't work, that we wake see up with old magazines. Right now, no. Absolutely <laughs> and own not. TV. Absolutely right. not. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So, okay. And I, this is uh, pro- probably an off question. And because I see where you go. Oh, so, no. Back to the, the, the hypnotherapy, right? Uh-huh. So, is that a, like. So the one where they they're on TV and they fall asleep and they're like, yeah, when I snap my fingers, you're gonna do- you're gonna bark like a dog. Yeah, Is are you real? actually hypnotizing people when you I do? I need to be real. I need like, to know what, what's happening. So so with short of you doing it with us, yeah. Well, so so, my, well, so I I would depending on the level of workshop or seminar or or um, event that you've attended. So anybody that's gone to a Tony Robbins event, mm-hmm. anyone that's gone to even a Lisa Nichols or Ianla Van Zandt, mm-hmm. there's been some form of hypnotherapy there. Mm-hmm. So if they say close your eyes and they walk you through a guided meditation, that mm-hmm. is a form of hypnotherapy. It is mm-hmm. quieting the conscious mind so that we can get to the unconscious or subconscious mind. And when we when we get you there through induction. And I hate to use this example. What's induction? What's induction? So, um, David is like on the edge of his seat. I love this. I love this excitement. So I, I, um, I shared, uh, I shared a while back, 
um, I was attending the Millionaire Mind Intensive, mm-hmm. and there's a portion in the Millionaire Mind Intensive where they 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 dim the lights and they turn on this really calming music, and you hear this woman's beautiful voice, mm-hmm. and she's walking you through. You know, um, close your eyes, count backwards from ten, and I want you to imagine that you're in a really beautiful place, whatever that place is for you. It's different for everybody, and you know, um, if it's a beach, can you smell the sea salt water? If it's you know, if you he- can you hear the waves crashing. I'm in the middle of this meditation. Mm -hmm. And I hear her continue to say, you know, you're going to go deeper into, you know, relax your body. And she starts counting. And y'all, I start howling, laughing Mm -hmm. because I had just seen Get Out. (laughs) And I was like, if she says you're in the second place, (laughs) you're going to be all over So that is what that is what an induction is. Teacups was cold. They're like 300 people. It's quiet. I am laughing hysteria I had to leave the room I was laughing so hard but that, that's what so induction it didn't work is. for you that's what induction is it is um it is it is simply being in a in a space or a state where you are quieting the where you're intentionally quieting the conscious mind right it's easier you can do self self-hypnosis um, but if you're new to it, it's easier when someone else does it. They will, will walk you through. So it can start with, you know, close your eyes and we, we'll walk you through relaxing your face. Relax your eyebrows. Relax your cheek muscles. Um, unclench your jaw. Relax your shoulders. And I go down the entire, that is a form of induction when mm-hmm. I get you there. Now we're going to count backward from 10. And I want you to inhale with each um, um, even number. Exhale with each odd number. All of that is a form of relaxing the body relaxing the conscious mind so that when I get you into a state of induction, I can begin to ask you to think back to the earliest age when such and such happened. Think back to your earliest conversation with your parents around money. So a lot of times when I'm working with people on money blocks, Mm -hmm. what are the unconscious messages that you received around money? What did your parents teach you about money? And a lot of people say, well, they never taught me anything. Well, you learn through observation. So let's go into the unconscious mind and find out what you learn through conversations, what you learn through observing, right? What you learn through what wasn't said, but their body language when you ask for something in the store. Did your mother say, when we get in the store, don't you ask for nothing? Right. Like, so what did that mm-hmm. teach you mm-hmm. about your self-value and your self-worth? Mm-hmm. Those are all the things that are buried in the unconscious mind that we can get get to through hypnotherapy. Wow, wow. Wow. That's good stuff. Wow. All right. So as, uh, let's, let's, let's get into the nuts and bolts. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of entrepreneurs out there that are having a hard time um, balancing hmm. relationships and their business. David, we're on the yeah. same page. Ain't that right? That's why we close. Hey. So um, balancing, um, you know, their business and their personal life. It's not easy. It's not easy. Um, so like, what do you, how, how do you help your clients? Cause I know, especially you're coaching women that's got to come up. You know what I mean? So again, my clients would say, Dr. Frantonia would say balance is BS. Mm-hmm. I'm believing balance. Oh, for sure. I do not so busyness is not business and balance is BS. Two gems. We drop in the mic. <laughs> Here's why, and it. this is what I say. The only people who have bought, bought into the belief that all these things, these aspects of our lives must be balanced. The only people who seek balance are those who have not found the courage enough to decide what their priority is and require everything else to harmonize around it. Mm-hmm. What is your priority? Mm. If your business is your priority, be bold enough to say, my business is my priority. The relationship, everything else must harmonize around that. If your relationship is your priority, this is and this is why for me to women, this is really critical because we now live in an age where 
um, some aspects of feminism will shame a woman for saying my family is my priority. If we remember when um, um, President Obama and, and First Lady Michelle got into the White House and people began to shame her for her history of walking away from her corporate job, her mm-hmm. high-paying corporate job, mm-hmm. to focus on raising the kids while he ran for president. Mm-hmm. There was an aspect of feminism that shamed her for doing that. Mm. And so I say to women, choose what your priority is. You don't let anybody I else's narrative define that for you. Mm-hmm. So why I say balance is BS. Choose your priority. Require everything else to harmonize around it. But I think it's some in, in the personal, mm-hmm. there's still that conflict inside, right? Okay, do I want to focus on my business? Do I want to like really um, be more focused on the relationship aspect? So I think for, I guess I can only speak for myself. I've developed a, an internal balance myself. Mm-hmm. Now outside the balance is still off. It's mm-hmm. just crazy. Like, I mean, sometimes th- when this goes up, this goes mm-hmm. down When this mm-hmm. goes down. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's just one of those things. But inside me, I've developed my own balance where I used to be like, go, go, go. But now I've developed the philosophy of I'll do what I can today. The rest I'll do it tomorrow. But that wasn't my philosophy back then. I got to do it today. I got to just not, oh my gosh, before I go to sleep, I got to get it done. But I've like, I guess, been kind of centered. So what about that internal struggle that people are having? This podcast is sponsored by DonaldTheVoice.com. For all your audio and video needs, I'm here for you. Sound good. Look good. Be good. The official editor and producer of the Social Proof Podcast, Donald The Voice. And, and now, back to the show. My answer is the same. Hmm. My, the, the struggle only exists. Who told you it had to be balanced? No, no well, I guess it doesn't have to be, but it some sounds people like are looking for something sh- calming. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like a calming on the inside. I think one of the worst struggles you can have is torn inside, outside. Okay, my wife's mad because I have to go out of town for a week. Okay, like that's, okay, how do I handle that, right? That's external. But for me being centered and okay with what happens, I've I've developed a balance in myself. Yeah, and, and, and so I think with my clients who are, who are in relationships and married, this is a conversation. This is this is a joint agreement you make mm-hmm. with your spouse, right? Mm-hmm. I've decided that X is the priority. Maybe it's for a season, right? X is the priority, and this is how we harmonize. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. 
By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash social proof. That's netsuite.com slash social proof. netsuite.com slash social proof. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. As the rest of it. Mm -hmm. I I can only imagine that with First Lady Obama and and President Obama, that was a conversation they had to have. Mm -hmm. Right? And then, and and so if she says, I'm going to walk away from the corporate space to support you on this run, then how do we create the team? So we bring in mom, mm-hmm. right? When we get in this White House, I don't want nobody else watching the kids but mom, right. right? We bring in these teams. We keep as much normalcy as we can. That's a conversation that that I, I think the confusion comes up when you're when you're trying to what is what is the center? What is the priority? If the priority is so, let me go back for a minute. There was a time, my, my first six-figure business was, I have a 30-year background in the beauty industry, licensed cosmetologist. Mm-hmm. At the time when my daughter was young, my daughter was my priority. Mm-hmm. I didn't work corporate space. I was an independent contractor because 
I got tired of people saying I couldn't go to my daughter's school mm-hmm. when they had parent reading day. And my daughter was saying, mom, everybody else's mom comes. Can you come? And I'm on a corporate job and they tell me I can't go. Mm-hmm. I got sick of that because I knew my priority was my daughter. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for me at that time, I went into an arena where I could make my own hours. Later, I went into the corporate space doing corporate training and that didn't work. So I'm just not wired <laughs> for the corporate space that way. Um, but that's what I mean when I say, what is your, what is your priority? And from what I heard from what David was saying, it sounds like, I mean, and David, you can let me know if this is what you were saying, but it sounded like your priorities shifted. And, but what I think what both of you are saying is that, well, you were sharing that balance is BS, but I think there has to be some level of, I mean, your priorities are going to continue to shift Mm -hmm. over time. Mm -hmm. So when you were younger, Daughter was young, priority was daughter, but now that's shifted. And mm-hmm. so the the equilibrium continues to shift based upon what is your new priority or what are your new goals. Absolutely. And so so in a relationship though, because you're nothing is static. So you and your partner are continuing to change, you're continuing to evolve as an individual, you're continuing to evolve as a couple. And so I guess, is there an opportunity for balance or you just continue to keep finding that balance or is that why you're saying it's, it's BS? That's because- why I say it's BS because here's the thing. So we believe that that a couple can meet, they're 20, 21 years old, they get married, they're going to be married for 50 years mm-hmm. and their priorities don't change. We're going to stick to the agreement we made when we were 20? That is, no, that's absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. I think I think just like on your job, you get, you get performance reviews, you get, you know, goal setting. Same thing needs to happen in relationships. That's why I say... This this external concept of balance is BS. It is what is our priority for this season in this in the relationship, in the family. Sure. In the, like I'm a sexy empty nester, right? <laughs> when my daughter was young, my priorities were different. <laughs> Come right? on, sexy when empty nester. When your children are young, your priorities are different. When you when your children get to be teenagers, your priorities become different. When they're out of the house, your priorities become different, yeah. right? The way you can move and shake. So it sounds it sounds very simple. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm summarizing it for a reason, because I think our expectations remain static. I think life happens and we evolve and we yes. change, but our mindset and our expectations remain static. And I think that's where we get challenged with in relationships, meeting the needs of our significant other, our spouse, as well as meeting our own individual needs, like to what David was sharing about how individually I used to want to have to get everything done today, but mm-hmm. now I'm shifting in that regard so that I can have space mm-hmm. or flexibility and nuance for my new partner, my new partner and my daughter in my world. So I think it's a constant push and pull, but I think mentally we stay stuck. I agree. And that goes back to, the metaphysical piece of and the subconscious piece of we're thinking that at 20, what we agree to has to be the same thing at 40. Right. Yes. Well, I, and, and also um, to your point, I think it also comes with maturity because mm-hmm. when I was early 20s, I had these battles like, do I please my friends or do mm-hmm. I do what I know is right? Mm-hmm. Like, and these are like these internal struggles and I'm off on the inside because part of me wants to be accepted. Part of me wants to be successful, right? But I had all these internal struggles. But I think as, like you were saying, Dacia, my priorities change and uh, I become more mature in not only myself, but where I see my life going. You know what I mean? So my philosophy is different. I used to want to chase a lot of stuff when, like, on this world, but now my philosophy is we're not going to be here long anyway. Like this, we're just not going to be here long. So I I think some people that are unbalanced because – they're not the growing in maturity as it pertains to their life or life experience. Mm-hmm. Like they're still struggling with some of the 
the acceptance they were struggling with early 20s mm. in their 40s, right? Yes, and if if I'm hearing you correctly, a lot of that is based on uh, what people what people think of me, how people how other sure, people see me, sure. how other people um, define me, yeah. and my- or even even what you want. So half of me wants to relax and enjoy my life. Half of me wants to like build this business, and I'm just so unsettled on what I should be doing. Especially by okay, back to your point. There's a young lady that wants to grow a following on social media. Mm-hmm. She knows. If she does the things that if she twerks. we like, if she twerks, I can grow this following. But I don't really want to do this. And there's this, okay, I, I want to reach this. I want to grab that. But what should I do? And it's an internal struggle. Yeah. So here's a metaphysician in me, right? What is what is the reason that she wants to build a following? Ooh. What's the real reason? She wants to build a following. Is the real reason because she grew up being. Um, called ugly and nobody asked her to the prom like unconscious again I, what do you mean I'm 30 years old and you you think it's has yes it has something to do with that mm. what is that underlying driver what is the real reason what is the real reason you hustle and grind day in and day out you don't you don't get sleep I, no diss to you, but you don't get any sleep. <laughs> you don't get any sleep. What is that? Shout out to is Sleep it, is for Suckers. Oh, is it that you grew up poor and you, something in you said, I will never be that way again? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the real reason? What is the unconscious driver? Mm-hmm. The thing behind the thing that makes you do it that way? Because is it possible to build it another way? Mm-hmm. Is it possible to build a bit? I don't believe in hustling and grinding. I believe in aligning. Mm-hmm. Right. Get your life, your thoughts, your mind, your energy aligned with what it is you really want. I don't believe in hustling and grinding. I believe in aligning. <laughs> I love it. Gym number three. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we've we've yeah. been we and and I'm, so I'm now I'm gonna go back in, into into some history in the African American um, culture community. Mm-hmm. We've been given this narrative, and our parents did it from love. You got to work twice as hard to For get sure. half as much. This is what we've been taught. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do we break that mindset so that we are not grinding and hustling to the point where we don't enjoy the fruits of our labor? Mm-hmm. A lot of us work ourselves to death. Yeah. We rarely enjoy, we don't get the freedom of the enjoyment of the fruits of our labor because we've been taught if you take a day off, if you take a vacation, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. it's ingrained in us. Mm -hmm. That's lazy. Mm -hmm. You're not working. You're not working hard enough. Mm -hmm. You got to hustle and grind. That's what we've been in. And and I'll share, I'll share something because that's something that has always been in the back of my mind. And one person that I've always tried to impress was my dad. Mm -hmm. And he passed from cancer last fall and it was maybe August. So he passed in October. So this was near the end of his life. And he had already had terminal cancer for some time. So he knew that it was coming. And I I was um, I called him after work one day and I was just talking with him and I was trying to, again, trying to impress him. And so I shared with him what I was up to. I was like, Dad, I'm working on this and I got this going and I'm up to this. And so what do you think? And, and I was like, you know, but I'm really struggling in this area and I have a few opportunities in front of me and I don't know which way to go. And I was like, you know, so I've been working hard. I, I, I'm proving to him that I'm working hard. And his response to me was Dacia. He said it very calmly and very slowly, very intentional. Dacia, go on a vacation. He, was, he said, take some time off and go and clear your head. He's, he, he 
specifically told me that I was doing too much and I needed to slow down. I needed to take some time and I needed to clear my head and get mentally. He's like, take a break from everything. You're doing way too much. You don't have to work that hard. And he, knowing him, he had been a person that had been an entrepreneur all my life. Mm -hmm. I saw him sitting, you know, every time that I did see him, he was sitting in front of his desk. Mm -hmm. And so he worked, 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 mm -hmm. got to the end of his life only to realize I need to slow down and chill out. And so he really tried to emphasize that for me. And so I, I, that resonated for me when you just shared that because I, I was in that scarcity mindset. And thanks to Lisa Nichols, who I went, attended a speak and write um, conference mm -hmm. a couple years ago, and she shared, she introduced the concept of how we are operating out of scarcity instead of abundance. And so when you operate out of abundance, it, it, and that translates to so many things, especially for African Americans, that you're not you're not fighting for the number one spot because you believe that everybody can get there. Absolutely. You're not trying to cut off other entrepreneurs um, from, you know, sharing your, your secrets to success or how you got there or sharing re resources and referrals because you believe we all can get on. Absolutely. You don't have that crabs in a barrel, so to speak, cliche mentality because you believe that there's opportunity for us all. We can all thrive and be excellent at all that we do. So um, I, I just really appreciate you sharing um, you know, that, that comment, I don't know where I went with that, but basically, um, you know, that, that, that sparked a, a light for me. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. I, I just, it, it's, 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 it's a difficult thing. It can be a difficult thing to break free of the narratives when those narratives have been normalized in our community. That's what I was going to share. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that because, um, one thing that Lisa Nichols highlighted was that, um, through an exercise where we had to Think back to after you got in, induced mm -hmm. or the mm -hmm. induction mm -hmm. process, right? So you're calm. And then she says, think back to a time where you first were introduced to this concept of something limiting or negative about your life. And typically, she surveyed the room of about 500 people, and it was probably like under 10. Mm -hmm. So most of our limiting self-beliefs about ourselves or our, the subconscious um, don'ts and no nos or things that are preventing us to be successful in our business came from zero to that, seven. Yeah, zero to seven. Yeah, is when we are getting, and that's that's typically when when children are literal sponges. And so here's the thing: the prefrontal cortex in the brain, which is the part that reasons, that makes sense out of things, mm -hmm. does not fully develop until twenty five. Recent studies show that in males, it does not fully develop until 40. Mm -hmm. Okay. So up until Lord that, up until that period of time, <laughs> up until I'm, that period, I'm, I'm let's just say up until 25, everything that's coming in, you don't have the ability to reason, to make sense out of it. From zero to seven, you receive it as fact. That's why kids are so devastated when they find out Santa Claus ain't real because they receive it as fact. <laughs> Right, right. They don't have the ability to reason, right? And so, and so, if you're if you're growing up in a household where you're getting things like money doesn't grow on trees or whatever the the com whatever that conversation is, right? I saw a video uh, the other day of a, a little girl. The girl couldn't have been more than four or five, and she was going at it with this grown man, like arguing with this grown man. And I was like. Like body, her her body mannerisms, her intonation, her voice, the way she popped off. I said, "This baby is is being indoctrinated." Mm -hmm. 
in an environment where she's being indoctrinated and mm. she doesn't have the ability to know. Mm. That's not how you go to kindergarten and talk to your teacher, mm. right? She doesn't have the ability to know because her brain is simply a sponge absorbing right. that information. And so those, the things you observe in your community, your family, your religion, your class, your level of class, right? Your race, all of those narratives that have been created and are now given to you through unconscious conversations in your mm-hmm. family. Oh, black people don't do that. Black people don't eat that. Or like uh, CP time. Those things that are, mm-hmm. we don't realize yeah. we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're programming yep. this brain, mm-hmm. yep. right? And then you grow up with all of these programs in your head. And here we are at 25, 30, 45, 37, 51, whatever, trying to build a business with all of that running in the background. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, all I, of that running in the background. I've, I've gotten into a lot of um, you know heated debates with my friends because growing up, my parents never told me that uh, white people had an advantage in mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. I just never, I never heard it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through life with these blinders on, thinking, "Yo, I, ain't a white person gonna get a job over me if I'm better. Like I'm better." So, <laughs> but I think, like you, like you said. Um, those messages have been indoctrinated into us as a youth. And now we grow up thinking, oh, well, I, I'm obviously not going to get ahead because that's the color of my skin. But I've been able to break down some walls because I just don't see them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. what you what you can't see can't hurt you. Mm-hmm. Now, they're obviously, as I mature, I do see like the favoritism, but I, I, I just don't see them. Mm-hmm. I just don't see them. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to like – stop perpetuating negative conversation in our, our community mm-hmm. and be more empowering and we'll just go crush it. So here's my position on that. I'm, I am, uh, so my father grew up in the rural South. Mm-hmm. I live in Las Vegas now. I grew, uh, grew up in Las Vegas. My father grew up in the, when I say you just throw, drove through the city, you just, like it was one street light. That was it, right? Rural, segregated, Jim Crow South. My father migrated to um, Las Vegas and worked his way from room service waiter to casino manager. Mm. My father was one of the very first African-American casino managers in Las Vegas. But I would hear my father come home and tell the stories. Mm. The stories of the thing I left the South to get away from shows up in this Mm -hmm. casino when Mm -hmm. they see me in this position. What my father taught me was not not to take in those stories and own them as part of my value system, the mm-hmm. way that I define myself, but to not be ignorant of the fact that it may be somebody else's. So the person sitting across the table from me may be looking at me believing because I am African-American, I am less than them. Right, right. I have simply grown, evolved, and healed to the point where here's what I believe. There ain't a room on the planet I don't belong Talk in. Talk about it. As a Talk speaker, there it. ain't a stage on the planet I don't belong on. Yep. I just maybe I just haven't done the work to get there yet. Mm-hmm. Right. But when I do, when I come in the room, I'm gonna show up and show out. Yeah. That's just the way that I believe, right? I um, love it. I am not ignorant to the fact that racism and systemic racism exist for sure, and that it has an effect on um, on people of color. I'm not ignorant to that fact. I do not deny that it exists. I just don't let it run my life. Right, right. Yeah, you know what? Um, there was obviously, um, obviously, the same thing happens as it pertains to um, women, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. But I think because there was such a movement, like around the '90s, of like I am woman, hear me roar, right? Mm-hmm. The independent woman. Like I, I think there's because that message was I can do anything a man can do, right? 
I think that message perpetuated um, a thought process that, yo, I am confident. I am. I, I, I can knock down these walls that other men knocked down. Now, obviously, I'm not a woman. So from that particular experience, but I've been we've been able to see that not that more women are starting businesses at a much faster rate than men, period. So let's dig deeper. Let's go. Let's dig deeper. Right. Let me let me. And say I love this. when I say something, I can see it in her face. Like I don't agree with you. <laughs> so let me say let me, it's not it's not that I don't agree. Mm. I look at the nuances. Mm. So my clients will tell you, Doctor Frantonia is going to ask questions seven layers deep. Because yeah. let's get to because again, I'm a metaphysician. I want to get to the cause of a thing, mm-hmm. the truth of a thing. Yeah. So right now, I'm having a conversation. This what I'm about to say is to my African American sisters. Yes, let's celebrate the fact that we are starting businesses probably twelve times as fast as everyone else's. Mm-hmm. Celebrate that. But now let's peel back some of the layers and see what the real truth is behind that. If we know for a fact, based on documentation, that the SBA is not giving black folks, including black women, loans to start these businesses, it means that we are financing our businesses either from our jobs, our 401ks, we're taking second mortgages on our homes. The statistic that Essence is not shouting out mm-hmm. is that we are closing businesses or losing businesses at 10 times the rate as everyone else. Mm -hmm. So that means that if I didn't get a loan from the SBA to start my business, but I took a second on my house to start my business and my business goes under, what happens to my house? Yeah. If I depleted my 401k and my savings, what happens to my 401k and my savings? Mm -hmm. And what does that mean for me in retirement? We need to be real honest about getting beyond the glamour Mm -hmm. of the headline Mm -hmm. And talk about the real of what's happening. But also, like, with, like, MBE certifications and things of that mm-hmm. nature, women, especially black women, have a double advantage on getting um, getting funding. But also, what I'm seeing more than anything, because I'm, I'm really just into this entrepreneur space, I'm seeing more women-targeted business conferences than ever before. Like, we're, like, really, they are getting, you guys are getting together saying, listen, and I'm talking about, like, excluding men, saying, yo, this is this is a girls club. You can't, and I, I want to go to some of these conferences, but I just can't. Yeah, who like, says you can't? The, 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 it's for women. It's marketed towards yeah, it's men, marketed women. for women. Right, yeah. well, and so like I can only girl, speak for like, myself. I market my stuff to women, and I always say, and a couple of really amazing men. Here's my caveat to men. You gotta be you gotta be comfortable going to the level a level of vulnerability that we're going. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, this is going this is gonna freak you out, right. right? It's gonna freak you out. Um, I can't speak for other women and women's conferences. I know speaking right is mm-hmm. is primarily women, but there are men in the room too, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'll also say this because I get I've gotten a lot of this in my in my in my city. Well, why why aren't you guys doing anything for men? I'm like, it's, that's not my that's not my lane. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not my lane. Men yeah. have to do that for men. For sure. There, there right? are very few men's conferences. Okay. It just doesn't work that way. Hmm. David? Think about it. Why aren't there, though? I don't know. Is it something I, that you need to maybe? No, because that, that's not my <laughs> ministry. I like all small business entrepreneurs, men, women, whatever. But what I'm saying is I think there is a movement of women empowerment that um, that is really moving through our country and our world mm-hmm. that's allowing us to take those blinders off of what we're incapable of, but more of what we are capable of. Yes. And, and this is one of the things that I speak about um, quite often, particularly at leadership conferences to women. Leadership was not designed for us. There is no space in, in America, American history 
and the American corporate structure where leadership was designed for women. So what happens? Women show up and they lead like men, which is why now we look at from a metaphysical perspective, let's talk about disease. Heart disease used to be something that you rarely ever heard of in women. It is now the number one killer of women. Why? Because we're showing up and we're trying to force this feminine energy to show up and do it like men. So now we're grinding and we're hustling. That's but, not. But what is what is leading like a man? What I just said. Men. men so I look at things from oh. the perspective of of history. Mm-hmm. The, again, the the blueprint that was given in history and then energetically. So the blueprint that was given in history right now, I'm, another book, another book I'm listening to is called The Warmth of Other Suns. The warmth of other suns. Spell this, is it S U N or S O N? S U N. The warmth of other suns. It's about the great migration of African Americans from the South to the North. Mm-hmm. And so, if we look at the history of this country, we we for African Americans we go from slavery to sharecropping to Jim Crow, right? To times when um, our communities and our businesses thrive. Jim Crow didn't like that. They got rid of Black Wall Street. All of that was was burned up. And so we we all we were ever taught was to work hard, work hard, work hard, work physical labor, right? We were taught that. It's the only blueprint we were given. The women were were in the home. Once we we came out of the fields, we were in the home working hard. We were in somebody else's home working hard. That's a slave master's model of productivity you tracking with me Mm -hmm. okay women step into leadership what model do we have working hard working hard competition the thing you just talked about where we get together and collaborate that is a feminine energetic dynamic i'm not talking gender now this is if we go back to matriarchal societies we go back to when the pharaohs were women. We go back to when the kings were women. We worked collectively. We had com- commun. We you had to have a communal meeting yeah. to get married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Patriarchy took that away. White supremacist male patriarchy is the model of leadership that we have right now. I'm speaking history. Right, but leaders. I think leadership uh, incorporate whether it's man or woman. It includes working hard. Uh, getting people to move, bringing people together. It does, but how do you get them there? Do you get them there through comp- cutthroat competition like um, Michael Douglas and Wall Street, the movie, mm-hmm. right? Or do you get them there through collaboration? Do you get them? Those are energet- feminine and masculine energetic dynamics. I mean, it's so, not, and it's not just energetic, I would say, because there's also scientific proof and, and studies and research um, that shows that women thrive better in community. In community. Mm-hmm. They don't thrive individually. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where to point to what David was sharing earlier about why there's so many conferences, because maybe we're not even really aware, but innately we know that we have to collectively come together. And that's why we need our girl circle. That's why you go to the bathroom and you're hanging out in the bathroom and you don't understand why everybody, all the women love to just be in the bathroom <laughs> at events because you get to interact with other women and it's a space. You get to connect and you need that connection. Women thrive off of that connection more so than men do. Mm-hmm. So we need the conferences. We need the all-girls space so that we can have those collective conversations. Yes, in their organic spaces. Ask any woman in leadership in the corporate space. The corporate leadership blueprint is cutthroat. Absolutely. It's cutthroat. And that comes from 
men modeling. I'm not. This is not a. This is not a dig at men. It is a historical. Up until probably the late seventies, women weren't in leadership. We look now. There's still very few women in leadership in the you know top board of directors yeah. or board of directors. Yeah. So that is all laid out on the blueprint of how men did things. Even this. Even this Me Too thing that we just saw, that was based on the good old boy's way of doing business, right? Um, I just watched The the Loudest Voice, I think that's what it was called, um, about, um, God, I'm drawing a blank, the guy that used to run Fox, the Fox News Network. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, The way that he did things, the way he even orchestrated the, the man in the White House right now, that's all part of that, that, that model of, White male supremacist leadership. So let's bring it back. So then what do women in entrepreneurship or in leadership, because you may be an entrepreneur or just, you know, in corporate America leadership. How do you because you meant you introduced this concept supply Mm -hmm. and demand. Mm -hmm. Women are doing that because that is the standard that they're trying to or the status quo. But how do you combat that then if I'm operating out of my element and I'm trying to emulate what is the male hierarchy or the male archetype that Mm -hmm. I have to fit into Mm -hmm. how do I counter that or is there a way to counter that so I I think there are there are multiple ways of countering it I think the women's conferences leadership development specifically leadership development feminine leadership development let leadership development that is different than what we see in the corporate space Mm. and the willingness to embrace that Mm. Um, understanding that connection and vulnerability are not weaknesses and bringing humanity back into the corporate space. And what I mean by that is, yes, the bottom line is the numbers and the productivity in the company and the corporation, but you have human beings working for you, not robots. So I've been in the corporate space where, where you literally were treated like a number, like, like a robot, like, and, and those are, those are the things that in, women innately through community bring into any space that they're going to be in. That mm-hmm. thing that we end up in the bathroom mm-hmm. talking or somebody says, girl, you know, the him in my dress. And you go, hey, I got a safety pin. Or mm-hmm. I got a little sewing kit. Mm-hmm. Like we just do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's certainly one of the things. Leadership development that is different than what we see in the corporate space. The other thing is women have got to. um um, start their own companies and hire hire more women. Not only just hire more women, but create a space where. And so this is where I, where I mean the the dyna- the feminine dynamic, the energetic. To your point around men, there must be a safe space created for men to tell their truth as well, to talk about how they have been. Um, negatively impacted or affected by the model of male leadership as well. When I work with men, here's where they say they're most deeply impacted in a negative way. When they work with a woman leader. Because the woman is leading the way she thinks that men lead. And it is, it is demeaning and degrading to the men that she's actually leading. It's a real interesting thing. Um, and so men need to have a space where their truth is heard, valued, and honored. Which is why I think... I think it's critical that men begin their own conferences and healing circles. I see a lot more of it with my Caucasian male counterparts than I see with black men. And I think there's, there's some cultural things to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. That's- I love mm-hmm. it. Well, shout out to my boy, uh, Kendall. He got a, he has a, actually a group called G men, mm-hmm. um, where it's just, it's, it's just men get together. I think does like retreats and, mm-hmm. 
you know, it goes out to like Stone Mountain and mm-hmm. like, and they do like trusting exercise, which I think mm-hmm. is really, really dope. Mm-hmm. But staying in that vein, do have a, um, a. We do have a You Glow Girl shout out for today. That's you got fun. one? I got one too. Okay, go Can for it. Go? No, no, you go we for it. Okay, cool. Yep, yep. So, um, hey. met a young lady last night who just started her own Allstate franchise. And I was so impressed just by her vulnerability saying, yo, there's. You know, I, I'm trying to take my business to the next level. What do I got to do? And she really has a heart for people. Um, but home rates are uh, very competitive, and we can save them money on home and auto bundle. Okay, office is located five minutes from Papa Do's on Windy Hill in Atlanta, and uh, her contact information is at her name is Ashley Sanchez. Ashley Sanchez, thirty two hundred Windy Hill Road, Suite one seventy five East, Atlanta, Georgia three zero three three nine. Her office number is 678-269-4919. Her direct number is 770-648-1775. Again, her number is 770-648-1775. Her email address, because I want to put this sister out here because I am so impressed um, just with her fearlessness and just going to get it. Ashley Sanchez at Allstate.com. Black-owned Allstate. Uh, franchise and um, you're in good hands. Go Ashley! Congratulations! Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to transfer my joint to Allstate. Make sure <laughs> Ashley gets the love. Phenomenal. You got somebody else? I'm actually gonna. No, we're gonna shave that for next time. Okay, okay. Not mad at it. Not at So um, I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I love your perspective. I love the way you think. You are um, clearly not one that just sits on the couch and twiddles your thumbs. You are well read, well educated, um, and I learned so much. And um, I, I love that you're not afraid to share your opinion mm. and you have strong opinions mm. and it's always backed up by something. Right. You know, how some people share their opinions, yeah. but it's not backed by anything. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much. Uh, we definitely uh, want to give the audience an opportunity to know how they can get in touch with you and, you know, what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, you can find me on all social media at Dr. Frantonia. Um, in the next couple of weeks, so if you follow me on Instagram, which is where I'm um, probably most active now, um, in the next couple of weeks, I'm launching a program around overcoming imposter syndrome. Mm. Um, I'm going to be tackling it not only from, you know, what we know from the clinical diag- uh, definition of imposter syndrome, but I'm digging deep into the metaphysics of imposter syndrome. Um, you might be shocked to find out that you are, in fact, an imposter mm. um, and and tools on how to overcome that and really, truly embrace the truth of who you are, what you are here to do. Um, free yourself from the, the narratives that we've been told that we must follow in order to accomplish any level of success. Um, and so and then it, when I get back to Vegas, I'm, I'm going to be here um I was going to leave on Monday, but I just found out Facebook is doing a conference next week. So I'm staying a little while longer. But when I get back um, home, I'm going to be launching the Overcoming Imposter Syndrome program. And so if you follow me on Instagram, shoot me uh, an inbox um, on Instagram if you're interested in getting information on that. Otherwise, if you just watch me, I'm going to start doing um, live streams that will talk about it and lead you to how you can get enrolled into that particular program. Um, that's Phenomenal. pretty much, yeah, where you can find me. Phenomenal. Ooh, I love it. Phenomenal. I love it. And then it also, I just want to give a shout out. So if you have not had a chance to see Dr. Frantonio's, Frantonia's, excuse me, TEDx, 
make sure you go and research and Google her YouTube TEDx. There's some amazing content there as well. Yeah, it's also linked in um, my the link on my Instagram. So if you go to the link on my Instagram page, you'll be able to find my TEDx talk, which takes us into a whole nother conversation on how right. I got into this work and who knows, maybe I'll come back to Atlanta in a couple of months and I'll see. And you have to share more because there's so much that we could talk about today with you. So I'm so thankful for you. Likewise. Thankful for the opportunity to connect serendipitously, right? That's the word for the day. Uh, (laughs) You know what? I'm not going to ask you what it means because Dr. Antonio is here. Okay, Okay, got it. It's fine. It's fine. Can can I say something real quick to that? I meant to say this earlier. So when when you did the introduction and talked about how we met, so if I I was, here's the coach in me. I want to give the audience some takeaways. We didn't know each other five days ago, right? We didn't know each other. She said she saw me and she spoke. Tip number one, when you go to events, make sure that you leave knowing somebody. I always say, meet three people that you did not know when you got here, right? Find out how there is mutual benefit. So mutual benefit is she has a show, they have guests, I'm on the show, I share information with them. I may have something going on that I reach out to them um, in the future. My grandfather taught me this, a closed mouth don't get fed. So open your mouth and ask for what it is that you want. Don't be shy. Networking will lead you to your next level of success. You never know who you're standing next to mm-hmm. so open your mouth and ask for what you need so those were the things I wanted to when you did absolutely the thank you for that thank you for that and I do want to also share because I see a lot of this at conferences that people are trying to get to you because they think you at the same time they're just trying to connect with you because they think you have something for them mm-hmm. and so it's kind of like vulture ish like they're preying on you and I want to make it clear that I didn't talk to her because I think she needed that I was going to get something from right. her that was just an organic product of our sincere conversation. Absolutely. And so I don't want people to just be like, oh, let me let me talk to you because what can I get from you? OK. And it's like it becomes culture vulturous. You're you're just seeking out like what you can pull out from the room versus how you can be a benefit and an offer. And then sometimes just being curious. Yeah. I, when I go to conferences, uh, the question I always lead with is how can I be of service to you today? Yeah. It may not be something I can give to you or do for you directly. It may be making a connection. Hey, I know somebody that does that. Let me let me put you in touch with that person or let me introduce you. How can I be of service to you today? Mm-hmm. We all re- we all know the Jim Rohn quote. Help it, help as many people get what they want and you'll get what you want, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Absolutely. You're welcome. Thank you. So that's it. What you got for us? So, um for today, I just want to um share with you guys that First of all, go to conferences, right? And we have a social proof conference coming up in April. Absolutely. April Next 2020. Yes, 2020. Um, so conferences are a really op- great opportunity to connect with people beyond high tech, low touch, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to touch people. I would have never known the wealth of Dr. Frantonia had I been sitting in my room by myself looking at the walls or looking at my phone. That It wouldn't have been the same type of conversation, connection, and opportunity that evolved as a result of me being present in the moment. And then also, you never know who's sitting right next to you. Don't underestimate and undervalue the um, the benefit of a hello, a sincere hello with no other intent or motive behind it. Because um, you never know who you're standing next to. So um, exactly. get out there, meet people, and go to conferences. Don't Absolutely. stay at home, invest in yourself. Especially social proof, April second, third, two thousand twenty. We just want to we want to get out of here. But I, what I, my major takeaway from this conversation um, is identify where you are, and I think there's um, 
there's two issues. People mm-hmm. don't know where they are and they don't know where they're going. And I don't care how old you are, how wise you are, um, but some people just have no idea where they are. And this is why you need to hire uh, Dr. Franconia to help you find out where you're at so we can get a clear chart, a clear direction on where we're going. Okay. That's why we just kind of pick this up and say, hey, this is shiny. I like this. I want to grab this or I want to start doing this or I want to start doing that because we have no idea where we're going. So let's get clear. Um, listen to this podcast two, three times over until you really, really identify where you are and you can contact Dr. Frantonia at? At Dr. Frantonia on all social media. Also, FrantoniaPollins.com. FrantoniaPollins.com. And for those that are listening, I just want to make it clear. So Dr. Frantonia, spell out Frantonia so that we're clear. F is in Frank. R-A-N-T-O-N-I-A. Got it. Okay. Absolutely. absolutely. So make sure you hit her up, follow her, and I look forward to seeing you in our coaching program. All right. Thanks, and tune in next time. Later. Yo, this is your boy, Donald the Boys. Donald the Boys. And that's right. If you're listening, then you know a little bit of my swag, my production. I'm a voiceover artist, podcast producer, and also a little bit of a creative. And I want to offer you a special offer for this podcast listenership. That's right. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you need any kind of commercials, promos, or advertisements, that then I'll be sure to hook you up. With prices starting as low as $50 for a fully produced commercial, I'm willing to give you the best value that you can get anywhere. So once again, head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And I look forward to talking to you. Yeah. <laughs>